Welcome back to the Hooligans Pitch. Uh, it's, it's a special episode today, people. It's actually a double birthday episode. What? It's not only your birthday, happy birthday, but we're technically one day early of our first ever Hooligans Pitch episode. Oh, shit, really? <laughs> yeah. We, we did it on 8 8? We did it on 8 8 22. Here we are, wow. 8, 7 23. So we're a touch early, but you know, we'll. We'll bunch it all it's together. The second best day we could have had our one year anniversary <laughs> on. So you know, wow, that's impressive. What a fun stat that I did not see coming. <laughs> Honestly, I thought about that right before we started recording. Oh, so okay, I'm glad it worked out. <laughs> Good timing. Um, well, yes, it is August seventh, uh, 31 years ago. I was birthed into this world, um, and now we're here. So I'm ready to uh, get 31 started. And with that, we're doing a a mango punch hard seltzer because it's just beer i wasn't really feeling right now i just had a big lunch free guac at chipotle on your birthday so oh, okay. don't forget about that yeah, um yeah. trying to do all the birthday free things sure. went online last night a lot of those things are outdated so don't listen to oh. any of them <laughs> um so yeah what you walk into a place now and you say it's my birthday and said all right cool dude they're like buy a cookie <laughs> or it was like buy a sandwich you'll get a free cookie when like five months ago at jersey mike's you just get a free sub on your birthday Ugh. not anymore what a what a world we used to live in i know <laughs> all the good things have been taken away from us <laughs> well i'm going with like a it's kind of a throwback for me um it was kind of like the first beer that i really enjoyed and went out and bought a lot it's the fresh squeezed ipa you know I don't get it all too often anymore because there's a lot of options these days, but this one holds a special place. No, I wish I would have had a fresh squeeze because that's what I'm craving. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you could you could have your mango punch and then yeah. get a little fresh squeeze action. I think that's what it's we're going to do. It's your birthday. Yeah, I can, I can do whatever I want. Ever uh, I want. Uh, <laughs> and speaking of doing whatever I want... Uh, Lauren James thought she could do whatever she wanted on the pitch last night. So I'm thinking maybe we just start with that because yeah. I'm dying to know what she was possibly thinking when she said, I'm frustrated. I'm going to step on your back. There can't be anyone who sees this, right? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, <laughs> um, Honestly, at that point of the game, I was kind of in and out of, of sleep. It was like almost 3 a.m. for me, so... Um, I woke up just as like they were, they showed the replay for it, and the ref like gave her a yellow, and I was like, mm, "That's gonna change." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I don't really know like what happened. I mean, England altogether was was frustrated not playing that well, and you know Nigeria was probably unlucky to not have a goal by that point. So I think it was maybe just some compounding factors of of team not performing well. Lauren James didn't really perform that well. And then, yeah, I don't know, whatever happened in this tackle, she she thought, you know, let me just step on on her, uh, like, clear clearest point of her back. Like, not even, like, a try and graze the side of her. I was like, no. oh, I, I thought I was going to step over her. Like, clearly <laughs> stepped. Clearly yeah. stepped on her back. And it didn't hurt her, but the player on the ground was like, are you kidding me? Like, you're, like that was the dumbest movie you could have made. I just don't understand why, like... You know, there's so many cameras. It's, it's stuff like that mm -hmm. you're just never going to get away with. So why even no. try it? So was she that frustrated? Like that? <laughs> I guess. Do I then mean, yeah. get your kicks, yourself kicked out for not just one, the rest of that game, but then the next one too. And that's what I was wondering is like, because if this is looked at as violent conduct, 
than like in Premier League, that's normally a, a, a few game ban, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that not the same in the World Cup? Would it just be the next one, or could it potentially be the next one plus one, or or is her tournament over potentially? You know, I don't know how far they would extend the suspension, but uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question, and because maybe the player didn't get hurt and it was a a uh, maybe non heinous step. It was still a step on the body, so something needs to be done about that. Yeah. I, if she gets one game, I think I'm fine with it, um, considering yeah. it is a World Cup. Uh, but her team's got to be so disappointed in her, considering she was their best player in the group stage. And Yeah. I mean, look, I didn't really watch get to watch any of England through the group stage, so this is my first time watching them, um, this tournament. But uh, if you would have just showed me this game and told me Lauren James was like killing it for England, I would not have believed you. <laughs> she did not look good. Like three or four times she tried this crazy like volley from the top of the box and just like skies it and it's like just a waste of possession at that point. I mean maybe that's a, some credit to Nigeria for just kind of like playing her out of the game, I guess, and keeping her off the ball, which I guess maybe added to her frustration. But right. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, yeah, from from front to back, I don't think England looked great. Like Nigeria probably could have got the winner, but they were a little bit like frantic when they got in those yeah. attacking situations. I think Nigeria was probably the the surprise team. You know, the first mm-hmm. game I watched two of their games. First one being the Canadian game, and I was like, Canada looks awful. Nigeria probably should have won that game, and I think they definitely play to who they're playing and yeah mm. england didn't play their best but i also thought nigeria didn't play their worst either they could have yeah. they definitely could have taken that game i think more so in the pks if anything yeah. um but these pks man they've just been rough Oof. oh my goodness <laughs> and you know with the women's game it's it's fascinating because the keepers just don't have the same reach as men the same type of mm. uh explosiveness to reach corners you would feel like pks in the women's game would be even easier oh yeah but they're just not even hitting the target that's like isn't that weird after this game and the u.s game like are they not just like they're they're practicing in between games right like so are you not every practice just having a little bit of a pk shootout practice like you're in this tournament especially at this stage it's win or go home it could go to penalties like Mm -hmm. it should not even be a question of whoever walks up to take that penalty kick Gonna nail it's it. going in, you right. know? <laughs> right? Or at least force the keeper to make a save. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, even playing club in college, that's just what we did at the end of practice yeah. every day. It was good practice for both keepers and players, just like just in case that ever happened. So on a whole professional level, for them to maybe not take it as seriously or not practice it as much, that seems bizarre. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I really want to just kind of jump to the USA game, if you don't mind. Yeah. Uh, those were some of the the worst PKs, the misses. Um, you know, two not even hitting the target, one hitting the post. Uh, just so, I don't know, nonchalant. I hated Rapino's reaction. I think she's kind of getting blasted for it right now. How she kind of laughed is, after yeah. after she missed and honestly disappointed her whole team. Is she supposed to be this like rock, the senior? I mean, my issue with Rapino is is goes across the whole tournament like from the moment she came into the vietnam game like i think they said she hadn't played a a game for club or country in like almost a year or something Mm. like that 
Um, so she's coming very rusty, and I think probably the plan was that the group stages would go much easier, and they'd be able to like get Rapino more game time and get her up to speed. But every time she came into a game, it was either like really bad crossing or like miss miss touches on the ball that Mega Rapino of years past would have, you know at least dribbled well and found a pass and just like slow play. Like I get she's older and, and hadn't played in a while, but like, and if you want to bring her along as this like locker room leadership presence has that experience. Cool. But that's maybe the extent of it. And then it's like an emergency sub like for, for the game against Sweden. I think you keep Morgan out there, honestly. Right. I know that's crazy that they brought her on. She didn't look. She didn't look dead. You know, she she was still making runs and and contributing. And um, if anything, I thought it maybe would have been smarter to kind of just shift that front line because um, I think it's Lynn Williams. Lynn, Lynn. Yeah, Lynn Williams came in. She had some good speed on the wing, but it seemed to be speed was kind of her only. Um, trick i guess um so maybe throw her in the middle let her just blast some runs down the middle you still got smith and morgan at that point kind of playing outside and and you can i don't know mix up the front rotation a little bit but um yeah rapino was was just bad all tournament for me i wish i'm okay with her going because i think that experience and leadership is important in the team but um, you don't got to play. It's actually play. <laughs> I think was a mistake, and it seemed like that was the plan every game. Of like, all right, you just come in at the end, and it's like none of these games are that comfortable that we could just like carry a, a player who's not anywhere close to in form. <laughs> right. Um, no, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I, you know, it'd be one thing if they brought her on end the game while they're up. And it was like, mm-hmm. get some reps in, get some touches. Like, we owe this to you because of all you've done in the past. But sure, yeah. they were trying to make her something she wasn't. And it also yeah, didn't it, seem like she didn't want to do it either. That's That was my biggest problem. Yeah, I think it was just a little bit... It just felt weird all around. Like, it, she definitely didn't bring the same energy that she used to. Which, again, it could just be an age thing or... I mean, she hadn't played in a while, so maybe she's just kind of, like, done with the sport, but it was like, yeah, I'll give the the World Cup one last go sort of thing, Um, which is kind of a bummer, but I don't know. I mean, as a whole, that game was the best USA has looked the whole tournament. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, give credit to the (laughs) Swedish keeper. Uh, What's her name? Uh, Musevich, she was lights out. I mean, there were so many chances where that ball could have gone in the net, and she was just unstoppable. Uh, There was one, I want to say it was a cross by Smith. I want to say Haran took the shot, and it was just an incredible set. I was like, that was the best setup the USA has had all tournament. And for that one not to go in, I was like, that's super deflating. And, And then once you get to the PKs, I think since this keeper already made 11 save saves prior to that there she was already in their heads and yeah. then and then to have our 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 goalkeeper take the Dude, seventh shot it was but like that's just that just shows where we're at in terms of pks like our keepers yeah. taking number seven that's crazy <laughs> well, like my my parents watched the game uh, later in the day and my mom texted me she was like why is our keeper taking a penalty kick? And oh, I was like, no, sucks. 
I mean, yeah, like, apparently she's one of the better ones to take it. Like, she had a good kick. She has a boot. It, it, it was just like, it felt like one of those moments of like, you guys aren't going to do it, so i got to put this team on my back. I'll save these things. I'll score this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, it was just disappointing. Like, I don't know. Going into that game, I was already pretty nervous and maybe a little bit like, um, uh, negative. <laughs> oh, I was, a, I was a pessimist kind of all, yeah. all day. It's because those group games, like nothing was overly convincing. Um, but then they came out with really good energy and, and they had, were making good runs and had some great opportunities and, you know, probably should have had a goal if, if not for the, the keeper, but, um, yeah, you know, you got to make your penalty kicks at the end of the day. Like, if you miss one, okay, but they had what two chances to to end that, mm-hmm. that penalty kick round, and you know that it, that's that's rough. Like especially with O'Hara's miss, like I never like those subs to bring someone on at the I last know, second of the game. So much pressure. It's it's just hard, and you know Sophia Smith, like you're young. I get it. Like it, it's a lot of pressure, especially after you know Rapino miss and all that. It's just. It was just a mess, but I don't know. The three-peat was always going to be a, a tough ask. No one's ever done it, so I mean, it's... Right. It, it was going to be incredible if they could do it, and I, uh, I think from from the first game, everyone kind of had that feeling of like, uh-oh. <laughs> from from the Vietnam game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, truly, even though we, we, you know, controlled and dominated that game, that game really should have been what the Dutch did. Yeah. And, and At I think... least, because in my head, I was like, tournament before we put 12 or 13 past thailand so like (laughs) that's feeling good like three past vietnam while like mostly in control was like a good result but it didn't feel like 30 shots like yeah (laughs) um as soon as the netherlands played vietnam and won seven nothing i think usa hadn't played portugal yet but that was like so we are to get at that point i was already uh I don't want to say I, I knew we weren't going to go far, but that was the point where I was like, if the Dutch are crushing this team 7-0, there's no way we're going to be able to get past at least the Dutch when we yeah. play them inevitably again or any of the top-tier teams that yeah. are still left. Um, I mean, had we won against Sweden, we're going up against Japan, and bull. Japan's just going to run through us. So That would be a fascinating <laughs> little rematch game from, uh, what, 2017? No, 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 2015. Um, yeah. Uh, dang, so close. But that next one, Japan and Netherlands, though. Oh, is it, wait, is, is Japan and Netherlands? Is that what I'm saying? Um, I just wrote no, it down. No, Japan today. and Sweden um, and Spain and Netherlands. Spain and Netherlands. That's that's going to be a good one. Uh, but, yeah, I'm just, I think Japan, man. I, I think they're the team that everyone has circled and probably saying this mm-hmm. is the best team right now. And then I think the Dutch are second. I really do. Yeah. Um, after that probably spain yeah i don't know i haven't uh really watched any of france so see how that looks um they play bright and early tomorrow yeah so i won't watch it but (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think yeah japan spain netherlands france are probably your your big names like england had a good group stage but then here against nigeria kind of fumbled a little bit classic um, but i don't know there's the the australia winning on your home turf story still alive so <laughs> sam kerr came on as a sub 
I saw. So she's yeah. alive. Didn't have to do too she much, but she is alive. <laughs> uh, who do you got, Columbia or Jamaica? Again, two teams uh, I have not paid close attention to. Um, but one of them, one of them's moving on. So, I, in my my heart of hearts, I want it to be Jamaica because I feel like that's a bigger underdog story. Um, but I feel like it's going to be Columbia. Columbia took down Germany. I feel like that was kind of the start of their momentum. Maybe like the new Morocco. Uh, even though Morocco's still in it, I think Morocco's going to get absolutely demolished. Yeah. I mean, they've looked okay from what I saw, but... They got a little lucky. Yeah, they they got luck on their side, and I think France should be able to overcome that. (laughs) Good story. Now, if Morocco beats France, that will be insane. Um, I'll take (laughs) Australia-Morocco quarterfinal. (laughs) Yeah, wow. I I wouldn't know who to pick there. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Um, all right, that's pretty much it for the women here. Mm. And then after this, the round of eight starts on Thursday at 10 p.m. So we have Spain, Netherlands, Thursday, 10 p.m. My time, 8 p.m. Your time. So that gives us... Let's see, last game is tomorrow a.m. Gives us people Tuesday, Wednesday, and most of Thursday to get rosters in. So that's actually quite a bit of time. Uh, and then the next one, it goes a little bit quicker. But let's let's jump. Let's go to uh, Premier League. Or I guess it's coming up. English football. Um, coming <laughs> yeah. up, a couple injuries to be concerned about. Uh, Tarkowski is the big one. Mm-hmm. Um, people saying it's not going to be so bad, but I don't know. I'm kind of – I'm thinking about not putting him in my squad for the first – Week since now we get five subs, yeah. I feel like we can be a little bit more flexible in terms of Definitely. of how we want to start off. Um, you know, we'll yeah. be we'll be getting rosters first, so I'm I'm already trying to like make mine so I don't have any bias when it comes to what people yeah. are sending in. Uh, I won't take any consideration for what they do, but I feel like people are still going to rock with Tarkowski. Yeah, I mean. I, I, yeah, I think the five subs might see people switch around a little bit more um, just because you have that flexibility. But, I mean, Tarkowski's been such a, a solid points getter For years, year after year now. Like, um, I don't know. Like, it, and, and it's you got to gamble a little bit if, if that injury is going to be something serious or if it was just more precaution. Um you know, that's that's part of the fantasy game. You yep. gotta <laughs> risk it for the biscuit sometimes. <laughs> and then that starts Friday at noon. We have City and mm-hmm. Burnley. That's so great. I can't believe it's already back. Can't believe it. Yeah. Um, Gabby Jesus with a little knock. They say he'll be yeah. out uh, until mid-September. Yeah. Um, from what I heard, it was like something with scar tissue on the the uh, surgery that he had. Hmm. over the World Cup last year. Um, so, yeah, it shouldn't be too long of an outage. But, you know, Arsenal's, I think, going to be okay. Like, they have a pretty easy start to the uh, to the season. Um, Trossard's looked great in preseason. They played Havertz as the striker kind of thing in the Community Shield. And, like, it, it was basically the same Havertz you saw at Chelsea. Okay. Like, striker, like, it just doesn't really... <laughs> He's not a striker, so you know that's that's how it goes. But um, hmm. still, having Ketia there, so I think they should be okay. Like, 
I think there's enough goals that can come from other areas of the pitch that um, should be able to get through. I mean, you got start with Forest, go to Palace, then you got Fulham. First, like, big game is going to be uh, September 3rd at home against United. So, nice. Should be okay for, for Gabby to get healed up and back in the swing of things. Are you thinking about keeping Kane on your team? <laughs> um, I mean, look, if he's if he's going to stay, then you might as well take him, right? But do you think this, this first month or so, he might not play? They might not play him? Do you think they'll do that? No, they're going to play, play him. If they're going to turn down $100 million, God damn. They're going to play him as much as they can. They're, That's they're, nuts. I think you're being very short-sighted with that decision, but... Um, you know, they uh, value his goals and one dude trying to get them back into the Champions League more than buying three or four players that could get the whole squad, up, you know, <laughs> up to a higher level. What What would it take for the Spurs to be able to, not so much they want to keep him, but what would it take for Harry Kane to want to stay? A title? I guess, but like... <laughs> At the same time, I don't, I don't know. Like, even if you, even if it's not a title, but you get back in the Champions League, I think he just has a big question to ask himself. Because when you're leaving on the free, you have all the power in your negotiation now, so you can get paid more um, from whatever new team, right? So you know. United's going to go look at him again. I wouldn't be surprised if City throws their hat in the ring nah. just to like. Just cause, you know, and yeah, maybe maybe Madrid, like if they can get Kane and Mbappe there for the next season, like you're kind of chilling for a few years, and then you know it. That's why I, I just think it it's really a dumb move to <laughs> to hang on to Kane for one more year. I think they said the the difference in price is like 25 million euros or something like that, which is like. A lot of money, but for sure. you know, all things considered, you maybe take the hundred mil and reinvest in some key areas. And right? I don't know, because and then you know, if Kane leaves on a free, he's potentially going to a rival. At least here, you knew he was going out of league. You don't have to worry about playing against him unless you know you end up in the Champions League next year or something. Like, we'll see. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I guess, but. <laughs> Not the choice I would have made. <laughs> Not the choice I think a lot. I think it's just the stubbornness of Tottenham, and everyone knows. Everyone knows they're so stubborn. It's like, what is the deal breaker? And still no one can figure it out. Yeah. I mean... If it's not Bayern, it's not going to be anyone in the Premier League. No, yeah. yeah. It might, <laughs> I mean, at this point, you know, United went in on whatever that kid's name is. He's 19. Oh, yeah, that. But, yeah, yeah. Um, but they paid, like, 70 million for him, 80 million, something like oh, that. Oh, like, 70? Oh, my eyes were not working correctly. I thought it said seven. I was like, that's a deal. Oh, no. 70? Oh, boy. Let me... Yeah, so he must look very promising because if you just look at his stats from last season, like, it's definitely not a 70, 80 million striker, but I've never watched him, so I don't know. <laughs> but... I mean, yeah, like, honestly, I'm going to throw out a crazy shout here. All right. If if Kane stays for the season, he won't re-sign with Tottenham. He's going to leave on a free, 
and go to Chelsea as long as Pochettino's still there. I could I could see that big time. Re- reconnect with with the manager he you know kind of exploded with. Mm-hmm. They got a good connection. He still gets to be in London. Thanks Tottenham. <laughs> now, hotter take. What if Jesus is just not the same guy anymore? Mm-hmm. And Arsenal's like, let's go get us a, a number nine. Let's go get let's go get the big boy. I mean, if you don't got to pay a transfer fee to your rival, <laughs> you throw your your name in there regardless. Like, we know Harry Kane grew up at least initially as an Arsenal fan. Like, there's pictures of him in, all over the place. So I don't know, and and I think I don't like I don't know how much players buy into the the rival between clubs yeah but you got to think like from the outside perspective as a professional player seeing what arsenal and arteta are doing and like the energy around there and and the connection and everything like that's got to be somewhat enticing right so like i i don't know that it would happen but i it i don't if it, it would make you think i I, I guess a little bit, right? Like if if you're getting all these offers from everywhere and it's your pick, you don't have to worry about the club saying yes or no. Then I don't know, get to stay in London again. So <laughs> I don't know. I I could see that being realistic. I mean, Manu has had their drama in the past, and maybe still will. We'll see how that club still looks at their players, especially how they just treated De Gea and kind of just said, "Nah, later." That doesn't. Yeah. I can't look too good to players. City has so much depth. It's like, where does Kane fit in there? Especially after having Hall. I get having Holland and Kane would be awesome, but like, I don't know if Kane necessarily wants to compete with a young gun who just broke all these records. Um, I don't think Liverpool would go for it considering how much money we just spent on all these forwards. Chelsea seems like a name that would be realistic just because they don't have, they're still switching so many things around. I think if they have a really good year this year, that could definitely spark some interest. And then Arsenal coming in second and having the youngest team in the Premier League and having like uh, this boost of energy that came out of nowhere and now players yeah. want to go there that's a pretty big deal so you know out of the i guess the big 6 that we just mentioned um i think arsenal and chelsea make total sense and maybe sprinkle in newcastle in there but again they just made yeah. they just made a lot of new signings too so we'll have to see how they do but uh if arsenal and chelsea make champions league i think out of all the premier league teams those would be the two that i would see it possibly happening um, you know, and then we have Neymar trying to get at PSG, so maybe expect PSG to make a, a little run for it. Um, yeah, and then of course the inevitable Madrid, who's just always kind of been looming in the background. But if they want, they want Mbappe. They don't want Kane. Yeah, yeah, I think they're all in on Mbappe for sure. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's definitely a, a story to kind of keep an eye on over the season. And yep, you know, that's just going to be the uh, the talking point around Spurs the whole season of like where Kane will end up and will he resign? I don't think he will. Like if anything, I think he makes a move just for like one, like bigger final little payday sort of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Like Spurs will offer him a new contract for sure. But I don't think he, I think he could definitely get more money elsewhere. So which maybe won't be Arsenal. Like they don't really throw money around like that too much, but um, Chelsea certainly does. Yeah. <laughs> United does, you know, Real, I think you can make a good chunk of change there too. So 
I don't know. I feel like the clock is officially ticking now on yeah. on this movie because now your contract's ending. Something's got to happen. Um, yeah. So that'll be a fascinating one. Um, all right, walk me through this Arsenal ending yesterday because all I saw was the stat sheet and City missing a lot of PKs too, not hitting the target, getting saved. What, what kind of happened at the end? Yeah. Um, I mean, overall game, I felt like it was like pretty level. I mean, granted, it's still preseason technically. Like, you know, each team's kind of in their, their separate phases of that. And, you know, City tends to start a little bit slow in the season and then ramp up and just never lose again. So. Right. <laughs> Um, par for the course, I guess, but, um, yeah, you know, it it was looking pretty neck and neck and then Arsenal kind of give up a goal through just kind of little mistakes that have been kind of prevalent through preseason. So that's definitely something that's a little concerning. Um, hopefully shake out here soon, but, um, then yeah, it's, you know, looking like it's just going to be a, a one nil victory for city and then, um, Arsenal get a corner kick. It kind of pops around a little bit, comes out to uh, Trossard. He just kind of like, just kind of shoots into the crowd and it deflects off of, I think, a kanji or, or someone and uh, right into the goal at like, I don't know, 92nd minute or something, 93rd. Oh, I have I have 90 plus 10 here. So I'm assuming it's at the... Oh, was it that late? I, yeah, it was that I mean, late. Yeah, it, it was pretty late into the game anyway, but um, yeah, so then no extra time in Community Shield, just go straight to PKs, which again, it's technically preseason game, so no need for extra time, really. Um, but then, yeah, PKs, De Bruyne steps up and just rocks it off the crossbar. That's That was surprising. I thought If anyone was going to make it, I thought for sure De Bruyne is just <laughs> sinking that thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hmm. um and then you know odegaard steps up real real nice um captain's pk goal whatever you want to call it um yeah i don't know and then ramsdale not known for his, his penalty saves but uh gets a save on um rodri yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and then hmm. uh just kind of fell arsenal's way Vieira comes in and Nets one in the top corner, perfect PK and bada bing, bada boom. Game set match. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think this is going to be a down year for KDB? Um, down. I think down is maybe like all right usage. I think maybe a, a, a usage. I think his usage rate is going to go down. Mm-hmm. No, I oh. think they'll still rely on him quite a lot, but I think maybe his output might just kind of, it's still going to be good, but I think it'll be less than it has been in in, in, in past seasons. Um, I think it's just, you know, the, the, the teams that have good players in their squad now is pretty expansive and I think a lot of teams will kind of learn how to play against City a little bit better like like Arsenal in the in the community shields played it a little bit smarter in that they didn't try and go exactly like toe to toe with City like they did in the league last year 
Um, they kind of let City have the ball up to a certain point and then really started, you know, pressing them harder and, and trying to kind of take their control away. Um, so, I mean, I think a lot of teams will try and do that. I mean, obviously, it's still City, so they're still <laughs> very good. But um, I don't know. I mean, De Bruyne is he's getting older. They just don't really have, like, another De Bruyne figure. Like, you got Bernardo Silva, but he doesn't really occupy the same role. Um, you know, you lost Gundogan now. I think that is... that's. I was waiting for you to say him. I think that is going to be the move that shifts this team because of how much he uh, was able to take pressure off of KDB. Yes, yeah. De Bruyne had amazing stats, had amazing uh, passes. He'll still have those. But I feel like teams now can maybe press him a little bit differently now that Gunningen's not there. Because Gunningen had a career year last year, and I think that kind of threw a lot of teams off. And that's why De Bruyne was allowed to do... I mean, he had, what, 19 assists or something crazy like that? Yeah. Granted, most of them were to Holland. But I think I think they got a little bit different of a philosophy coming in this year. Because now Foden's probably going to have to play a lot more. And Pep, yeah. Pep doesn't seem so hot on him all the time. And... I don't know. I I, I, I want to do a top four predictions on here, and I don't have City mm-hmm. winning. Yeah, um, it's just so hard to judge City from from the start. I know, I like, hate it. They always like drop random points early on, and then yeah, come you know mid season, they just they wake up and <laughs> never lose again. And it's like that house fly that just never like you never kill. And you're, it's been like yeah. three days. And I'm like, I thought those things died in 24 hours. And it's the same, <laughs> it's the same one that's city. And then at the end, they, they disappear, but they die right at the end of the season and they win. So yeah. their death yeah. is winning the chip. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's just no real competition in the team to replace De Bruyne right now because um, even Foden normally kind of plays one of those wing positions yep. um, but they still have Grealish there um, I, you know, I guess they don't really have anyone for that right wing at the moment so I don't know if Foden will fill in there or no more Mares. oh yeah if they'll try and move like Alvarez out there and do something with that but, I would um, like to see him play more yeah yeah, I mean, we saw them, you know, him and Holland play together a few times last season, and they seem to work well together. Um, I just don't know if Alvarez is really much of a winger or or what he's, like, actually known for. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. This top four prediction is going to be rough. Yeah, let's do it. Number four. You're just gonna go, going off the top? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say Liverpool. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, they've made some good signings over the winter and the summer. Um, maybe could use a couple more now that Henderson and Fabinho are, are gone, but um, okay. But let's be. I'm gonna pause. Pause there. Fabinho was not the best player in the last year and a half. Almost, yeah. almost a net negative. And Henderson was kind of his normal self, but 
again, he was 34, 35. So it was time, yeah. it was time for him to turn into something uh, like just that veteran that they've wanted, but doesn't need to play the full 90 every single game. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't say it's like a good thing. He moved on. Of course, it would have still wanted him to be there, but it's like, this could have maybe just started the transition a yeah. little bit quicker um, than what we expected. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of like these changes. I, I like the changes they made. Our defense is going to be our weaker spot. Um, but you think defense, I was thinking like midfield, like, like you, you don't def- really have defensive a, midfield, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You don't have like a defender in there currently. We're all you offense. Bring, we're going, we're, pretend- we got to outscore everyone. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that could work. You got quite a solid front line. Slob sly in, in the midfields, you know. He'll yeah, so, definitely grab some goals. I mean, it's not like our, our defense will be awful. I mean, Virgil's going to have to be playing super strong. Not like he did, like, even better. Um, and then Matip's probably going to have to come in there with Joe Gomez and Kanate. Those guys are going to be sharp. But yeah. a, a rejuvenated Trent Alexander-Arnold is going to be fascinating to see. I'm really, really excited about that. Um, and then just the new additions we have, and then everyone coming in without injuries. That is like, yeah, that's awesome. I can't wait to see what happens with that. Yeah, that that's kind of my thinking of, of why I have them at fourth, is I think they're going to have some really good energy. Um, you know, it is a lot of the players that have been there a handful of years now, so it's like not like Klopp is having to teach a whole bunch of new guys uh, and get them up to speed. Um, I just think, yeah, it, unless they make some some big midfield signing here soon, or or even like a big defensive signing, like that back half is a little bit of a worry. But I think you can just outscore everyone at this point. <laughs> I hope so, Chad. Um, my number four will be Chelsea. I was I was going back and forth between the two, honestly. and and I almost wanted to put Chelsea at number three, but we'll start with four. Um, they don't have to worry about Europe. They got to focus strictly on what's happening domestically. Uh, again, a lot of new signings, but guys who I think are eager to prove that they belong in the top rather than the bottom of the table. Um, Pochettino, I mean, there's no way he gets fired in the first year of this job, right? There's no way. Surely, Chad. Um, there's no way. I would I would say no, but, you know, it's Chelsea. It, it could happen. <laughs> I think if they're still talking about this long-term building project, and if they don't get top four, hell, if they don't get top eight, I, th- I mean, gosh, I just can't see him getting fired unless they get relegated. I really don't. Not for this first year. It'd be fascinating if they were yeah. past, if they were further down than tenth, um, considering they finished eleventh last year. I think is where they fell on the table. I think so. Yeah. Um, I have them top four. They're younger. Most, may, not most, maybe like half of that squad has now been together for <laughs> at least six to seven to eight months. Um, yeah. So I think they will be a project still, but I think the talent on that team is good enough to make top four. Yeah. Um, I was kind of thinking of them as like, if not fourth, then fifth, um, just kind of because of that, where like there is a lot of youth in there. Um, I don't, I think they might suffer from not having like, like a lot of leadership figures, right? Like you have your Tiago Silva in the back, but like you got rid of your Jorginho in the midfield, which I think it would have been nice to like kind of just 
play the leadership role and and the occasional game mm-hmm. um and then up front like i guess you have sterling and um i don't know i think what he's probably the the only kind of leadership role in the attack right yeah just, um, just, just about so I think it's just they might be a little bit too not young, but um, maybe like inexperienced um, to hold it together through the the top four is lava game, you know. Um, but there is a lot of talent there. Coach Tino should be able to to get some good results from that team. So I think they'll definitely be up in that five six position and maybe peek their way into fourth okay so you're you're not going to put him at number three no okay who's your number three um i think newcastle oh okay okay and i'm writing these down i put them on my cork board behind my desk so these this will stick with us Good. that way we don't have to go <laughs> digging for it later um newcastle yeah. i like i like that shout um I'll be honest with you. I don't. I don't have Newcastle in my top. My top four. Uh, really? I don't. Um, but I do understand. I think they'll be more focused on Champions League rather than Premier League, and mm-hmm. I think that might drain them out of Premier League a little bit more. Um, I don't think they'll exactly know how to find balance since most of that squad. Correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't have too much Premier League, or I'm sorry, Champions League experience. I can. I can maybe pick off a few names off the top of my yeah, head, but not a lot of them. Man. Not a ton. Um, Madison had a couple with Leicester. Jeez. Uh, 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 Kieran Trippier um, with Atletico. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, just a couple of those names here and there. But, you know, look at their back line. It's like none of those guys. Um, Isaac maybe had a little bit. Again, a few, yeah. Um, no more St. Maximum. He's going to Saudi. I mean, the, it's it just gets tighter and tighter with that team in terms of experience. Now, if they get bounced out of Champions League fast... Okay, maybe maybe they make a a run at the top four again, um, but I think with that that money they got, that oil money, I think they'll Champions League is kind of first if they just want to think that City will just run at the title again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not not a bad argument. Um, I mean, I just think they if they can continue where they kind of left off, um, they look pretty hungry. So I think. They might, yeah, maybe throw a little bit more resources into Champions League, but I think at the same time, <laughs> they maybe need to be a little bit more realistic with it and, like, that squad is not really set to take on European giants. Um, so, you know, maybe give it a good effort, but don't throw all your eggs in the, the Champions League basket and, you know, keep a good amount of focus on the premier league and um you know especially just win the games you should win and don't get stuck in this this draw after draw thing that they had last season see i i think i think they will try to put all their eggs in basket even though they're not one of the giants i think they want to be so bad that they're willing to overcommit to it um good yeah i i think barring injury they they could maybe go far but that team i mean last year i felt like Every week, a new player out there has went on the injury list, and you yeah. know, despite them still doing well, um, that was their biggest setback. Was the, especially their front three. I feel like we never got to see uh, the front three, at least of of Saint Maximum, Isaac, and say Callum Wilson. We never yeah. saw those three guys play together that often. 
Um, so that's what kind of keeps them out of my top five. Uh, my number three, Chad, I don't know if where you want to put them, Ashton Villa. At three? At three. Why not? Wow. Why not? You have a you have a you have a, a champion goalkeeper. You have a, a striker who's scored more than ten goals in the last four seasons. You have the, a, a Emery who's just oozing oozing with talent. He's in Europa. He's probably going to win that. Um, oh, yeah, sure. I think you know they got Tielman's coming in there now. Um, I would love to see a a rejuvenated Coutinho too. Believe it or not, he's still on that team uh, for him to come in there. I just think that team had so much momentum too at the end of last season. I don't think, I don't think they'll slow down. They just looked so promising, and like people went, "Uh oh!" Like that's a pretty good looking squad. Um, and I kind of like, I kind of want to see that underdog come in there. Oh yeah, and yeah, and, and do it. Uh, am I being a little crazy having them in there? Yeah, maybe, but. As far as as far as culture goes, like so, my other you know couple, Man U is not going to make my top four. But when you look at the two cultures there, I'm picking Ashton Villa as far as as management yeah. and level headedness and um, talent wise too. I mean, they're not that far off of what of what Man U has. Um, of course, they're missing maybe that star, that A plus player, which Man U has. Um, at least one, you know, maybe two or three. Maybe they don't yeah. have those A guys, but they got a lot of B pluses. Sure, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's all good points. Like, I don't think they'll make third. Like, that feels crazy to me. I'd love to see, <laughs> you know, an underdog sort of situation, but uh, I think they're definitely going to stay up around there. I wouldn't be surprised if they're one of the teams that, like, jumps into top four, falls out, jumps in, falls out, like... They they they've made some really smart signings. Yeah, like you said, if they can pick up where they left off, they should be kind of cruising. Um, I don't know. I mean, Emery with the uh, Europa League is just a slam dunk unless it's Arsenal because couldn't do it. But <laughs> <laughs> Arsenal is in a different different spot that Villa was at the time. So you know, it's uh. I think they're going to be exciting to watch. I don't think they'll make top four, though. <laughs> I don't know, Chad. Never say never. Uh, I think they'll be fun to watch. I think I think they have talent at every position, um, and Emery will find a way. But, we'll, again, we will see. So I'm, I'll start with my number two here. My number two, it's going to be City. Um, maybe a little bit of bias in here because of my number one team. Um, I think this could be another... Boxing match between Liverpool and City for 1-2. Um, I'm sorry to Arsenal. You don't make my top five right now. I'm a little scared for your injuries. I really am. If you can prove to me you can stay alive uh, throughout the whole season. But since you've already lost Jesus at the start, um, you're having to put Havertz in at the, at the striker spot. It's like that's a little terrifying to me as a fan that one injury could then just like set off a bunch of different injuries or, or trigger a bunch of different movement in the team yeah. that uh, maybe was not expected. Um, now my, my counter for city and Liverpool is Liverpool has the smallest squad in the premier league with 22 players, which is mm-hmm. pretty wild. That is not a lot of depth. So hell injuries scare me too. Uh, <laughs> one injury to our team could do the exact same thing and putting them at number one could easily be number six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. Um, 
especially if one of our A-plus guys goes down. If Mo goes down, if Virgil goes down, if Becker goes down, uh, ah, that will be really, 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 really bad. <laughs> like, really bad. So, bold on me for putting him number one, but hey, man, I'm a fan. That's what you got to do. Got to believe. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, my only counter to your Arsenal injury worry is that a lot of the movement Arsenal has made with the signings recently has been kind of depth focused. Um, so, I mean, you, you have your, I, and I think playing Havertz at striker in the community shield is more of a tactical decision than a, it's an injury decision. Um, Cause really, I think Arteta will play him in that box to box kind of role unless it is against a, a, a team like a City or probably Liverpool, then it will probably be a, a Rice-Thomas Party midfield. Um, but depth-wise, Arsenal's looking pretty good. Like, you got Trossard, who can pretty much play across the front three. Um, you know, Martinelli on the left, Jesus up top, and Ketty is there. Technically, we still have Balogun at the moment. Uh, I don't know if he'll be around. Um the only one is Sokka, of course, just has no backup because they just never want to not play him. <laughs> uh, but the midfield's pretty good. Like Rice, Partey, um, Odegaard, um, Smithrow, Vieira, Jorginho. Um, even back line's pretty solid. Like Zinchenko, Tierney, Timber played left back in the community shield. Um, Tamiyasu... Gabriel, Saliva, Kivior. Hey, I'm not. White. I'm not denying y'all got good players. And, I, it's just, look, can they look, can they play? But look, then you got Ramsdale, and they're going to bring in David Raya. So that's two like that happened. Is that true? Keepers. Is that true? It's looking likely. Okay. So I I don't think depth is so much the worry for Arsenal. I think it's just if they can kind of keep up the energy, and I think a lot of it this season will come on to Arteta if he just needs to rotate more like last season a lot of the success of last season was because he didn't rotate like so that team everyone knew each other everyone knew what what everyone was going to do and everyone's fighting but then you see it towards the end of the season where like players getting tired or picking up little injuries that kind of keep them off their game a little bit and there's like the rotation just didn't happen often enough and for the right players that um hopefully Arteta and his coaching staff have learned over that um, over last season and will rotate more since they have more options now. But um, I mean, yeah, the, the fan in me is going to say Arsenal's going to win the thing and City's going to come in second. <laughs> so, like, I don't feel like either of us are being uh, too bold in our predictions, maybe, but. <laughs> I made one bold you, claim. I yeah, made you my, threw Villa in there. I made, so. my, I made one bold claim. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. I think I think it's pretty realistic. Again, yours is maybe more realistic than mine just because you have four teams in there who maybe should have been in there last year too. I guess Liverpool's the only one with no, you know, Man United was so inconsistent in terms of how yeah. they were going to finish. So honestly, I'm surprised. I don't think we had them in there top four maybe we did at one point i feel like we were so unsure about them yeah we had liverpool coming in but liverpool just couldn't get it done at the end um see i don't know i I think i think both of ours are 
possibilities. Again, yours so yours is more realistic than mine. Um, but I would not be shocked either if, if my top four happened. Uh, Villa would be the one, but we have we have four days four days until we're starting. Yeah, um, we do. We make a relegation prediction. You know, <laughs> I was thinking about it, but at that point, I'm kind of I, I don't even know much about the teams I would want to relegate. I mean, the three teams that came up. I'd rather just say maybe the three teams that came up. Do you think? Do you if think they survive. if they survive? Yeah, because I, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many teams. All right, I guess we could do. Let's do. Let's do a quick, a quick relegation. Um, off the top, West Ham is just due for it. Yeah. Can we can we disagree on that one? I I was yeah I was gonna say that like they just they haven't made any great signings well their uh, their list of what we need was everything yeah <laughs> why would you release yeah. that that's like so embarrassing yeah i mean they already struggled last season As, yeah i think if they don't get relegated they're definitely fighting down there at 16 17 all season i think yeah <laughs> um my next one Again, I don't know much about him, but I just feel like Lutton Town. I just don't. I haven't heard awesome things in terms of like mm. what they'll do to stick around. And you know, that's probably just me being uh, just not that informational on what they got and, and what they bring to the table. Um, but that would be one where I wouldn't be shocked if they get sent down. Um, but if I had a sub a Premier League team in for them, I think Fulham might be due for it, um, mm. considering they lost their best striker and. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, they just got another year older and like they were kind of they were great to start off the season last year but that was all Mitrovic. You take yeah. Mitrovic off those games, where do they actually end up last year? Um that'd it's be true. that'd be a, a interesting study to go see where they would fall on the table. It wouldn't be in the top 10, it would probably be closer to the bottom. For um, sure. Yeah. So so that's why I, I pick them. Yeah. Um I'm kind of thinking Forest like they they barely survived last year and I haven't really paid attention to any signings they might have made but I don't know that there's enough there to really keep them around for another year um, which is a bummer if if Matt Turner ends up going there but at least he's starting so <laughs> that's true yeah um, yeah I mean Luton Town, I, I just I don't know enough about them, but you never really heard about them too much in the past few years. So it feels like this this rise to the Premier League was like maybe a touch too quick, yeah, or something. Right? So like they might just yo-yo for a couple of years and Te- team, figure out where they land. But teams that get in via PKs, I'm always just like, yeah, that too. It's like how. Did you get a little lucky there? Like the other team <laughs> screw up. I mean, you could go digging and find out what really happened, but it's those teams that make me just second guess them a little bit. Um, if I had to pick one more Premier League team instead of the the new guys that came up, mm-hmm. man, yeah, Forest Forest is probably up there. I feel like Bournemouth will probably stick around. I feel like they are gritty enough to uh, to do it, but. I don't know. Don't count out the wolves. They didn't. They didn't do anything special yeah, either. I was thinking wolves. Yeah. Um, I would say those five teams that we mentioned are probably the ones. Um, 
I love what Brentford has done, and I hope they continue to have success, but they, they're losing their striker, Tony, for a while. Don't know what that's yeah. going to do to their club. Would it shock me if all of a sudden they're just not the same team as last year? Um, a little bit. Embuemo? Uh, Embuema? Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong on his name. Uh, I think he's... Yeah, go ahead. Embuemo, I think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's hurt. Um, oh, Okay, they took him off. He, he he was injured during the last game. Uh, mm-hmm. They're gonna keep their eyes on him. So, uh, but again, with no Tony, you take out him. Those are like that's their offensive firepower. Where what happens yeah, after for that? Sure. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll write down those five, and we'll we'll keep our eyes on them too. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking at the table, I think. It's another pretty competitive year, I think, especially that top, like, eight, because Brighton should be scary still. Villa's looking like they're going to be scary. Um, you know, Liverpool be, be back into form. Um, Tottenham's kind of the question mark right now, like, as, as far as, like, if they really challenge for top four or... Or what? But um, I don't know. I'm I'm ready to get going on this thing. No, I know <laughs> noon, it's noon on Friday. I'll be able to watch the game too, which I'm pumped yeah. about. And then we get the ball rolling. You want to do a Hawaii pod? I feel like we have to. We have to. All right, we should do it on the beach. <laughs> oh, that'd be tight. I'll uh I'll bring a camera. I'll bring my laptop. Um, I'll bring okay. I'll bring uh the snowball. I'll try to find it. I think I have it somewhere. Um, okay. Yeah. Maybe we'll just do a little ten to fifteen minute quick segment on how our team's doing. Uh, Chelsea and Chelsea and Liverpool play on Sunday. Um, is is it going to be a draw? No, not no. a draw. Not a draw. Liverpool will take it to two nil. Two nil. Hell yeah. Um, right. That game is at ten thirty Central Time. I think we're oh. six hours ahead of Hawaii, so that'll look like a 4.30 a.m. Hawaiian game. Yeah, when in Rome, right? But for yeah, me, it'll be 10.30 a.m., so I, I don't... For I, me, yeah, what will be... 8.30. Uh, 8.30, yeah, 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 so... Prime time. Should be fine. Yeah. We might still be up. <laughs> we might. We might. And then the wedding um, will be approximately 11 p.m. our time, so Oof. we don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, that Sunday is going to be real interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, hey, you know, we'll figure it out. <laughs> when in Oahu. All right, Chad. Anything else we need to discuss? No, I think that's it. I'm ready. Ready for the season to get going. Yeah, me too. Start thinking of your team. Yeah, it's almost there. Um, oh, one last thing. Um, Messi's stupid. Just stupid. Oh, yeah. yeah. What is up with this guy? Um, I'm I'm on the conspiracy that. The conspiracy is for Inter Miami to win the the League of Nations or whatever that competition is called. Uh, yes, I agree. I think they'll probably win it. Um, that four four game yesterday, I caught the I caught the last part of it when Messi hit the free kick because I was like I saw the game score and I was like oh shit I was like this is tight yeah and then um, MLS will start their season will start back up in two weeks and then I'm I'm really curious to see what Inter Miami does. Because they're in dead last right now. And it's like, what are they going yep. to do to end their season? It's not like i got to worry about relegation because we don't do that here. But yeah. um, 
it'll be fun to watch. That team is ridiculous. <laughs> Insane. <laughs> Overnight. Yeah. yeah. See if they can uh, keep it rolling. The, who knows? All right, Chad. With that, episode 40? Yeah. 40. We made it to 40. <laughs> Uh, happy one year anniversary to the hooligans and um, I'll see you in Hawaii Aloha Aloha